1001 by 1, in which this week we don't talk about one film from the book, 1001 Movies You Must See Before You Die. Instead, we'll be talking about the 52 movies we've covered so far on our podcast and give you some some uh, some additional recommendations and ultimately tell you what we think are the best of the best of these movies that we've discussed so far. My name is Adam St. John. And my name is Ian Woodington. And Ian while he's made his own lists of different things as we will go through this episode, does not know how I formatted what we're going to talk about. He is like a... I'm in the dark. I'm excited. scared little pup over there. Yeah, I'm, I'm in the same boat as all of our dear listeners here. Let's just go. Let's buy the ticket. Take the ride. Okay, so uh, normally in the first part of the episode, we would give you a recommendation for the week. Uh, but instead... We're going to do a little follow-up on recommendations. Um, I have done my best to see some of the movies that Ian has discussed, and Ian has done his best to see some of the movies that I have discussed. And um, so we are going to do a little kind of free-form back and forth on some of the movies that we've tried to see of each other's. Now, I'm going to start because I've kind of already done it once um, because it was kind of a recommendation, too, for me. But Thunder Road, just giving that a little more love because I love how it was made, and it's so unique to see somebody take the reins and, and basically do so much to get this movie made. Um, and I just really enjoyed the story too. I really enjoyed the performance. I really love the father daughter stuff. That kind of stuff gets to me anyway. Oh, um, and it's the thing that I brought up the, the reveal, the moment of him having pulled his gun still blows my mind. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, and the opening is great and it, I don't know. I just, yeah. And, and there's not much more to say about it because we we have talked about it. This is now the third episode we've talked about this movie to some extent. Um, but it's great. I, I believe it's still on Prime. I, I haven't checked, but I would imagine it still is. So, yeah. I don't know. I just – I really like that. I'm trying to give that movie more love. Um, Ian, what do you want to – Yeah. So, uh, Adam and I recently got together. And uh, we spent an evening paying, playing a great game, Camp Grizzly. Camp Grizzly, yeah. Which we we've we've tried to track down. That game is not cheap these days, man. Oh, I don't. It's I like d- fifty bucks on eBay. Oh wow. Yeah. 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 So we're gonna have to give that another another go around. That was a ton of fun. Absolutely. But anyway, so we want, we played that game to get ourselves in the mood for Sleepaway Camp, which is one of my earliest recommendations. And fuck this movie, man. <laughs> I let me. <laughs> on the way home, Liz and I were discussing it, and we were like, yeah, that was really just a 90-minute homophobe, not homophobe, excuse me, that was a 90-minute transphobe joke in a movie. Yeah. Essentially. But... That final shot, though, man. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. It's disturbing. And and what I mean when I say... It is disturbing. It just it, it's, But it's not that... What I think is disturbing is not the fact that she has a penis. That's it, not, It's the look on her face. Oh, my God, that look on her face is just... That's the things that nightmares are made of. That it's just, and I also think that when I when I tell people about it, it it's like a twist. It's a good twist that that movie doesn't deserve. Like yeah, oh definitely. You know what I mean? Like, it hasn't earned any good. of it. Yeah, and it's so creepy. There's the goddamn. There's the the chef the cook. Yeah, who's yeah. just like talks about like eleven year old kids like they're like sex objects. Oh, it's t- the movie is. Weird and dated and creepy. I was explaining, I was explaining the movie to Max, my coworker, and I was telling him about his death in particular and the size of that fucking pot. <laughs> that thing, not insane. That that pot is the size of like a very tall child. Like I feel like that they'd have that on like naval ships to like cook corn for like hundreds of men. Like like there's no real everyday use for that pot. Like how big is that fucking camp that they need that pot? Oh, it's absurd. Yeah, it's crazy. 
can we can we get a bigger pot? Is that the conversation that happened? Like they brought them a little cauldron. Oh, can man. we get can we get a bigger one? I hope so. I hope. So. And and it's a movie because that was the the second time I'd seen it, I believe. And that's a movie where you can start to notice all the like, like in that kitchen, all the the fly trap with the like hundreds it's of flies. Horrifying looking. It is bad. It is. Well, and I I pointed something out to you and Melissa in the in the dance hall, the little. Uh, oh God! Yeah. There the the some of the graffiti on the inside of the cantina. One of them says "Enjoy cocaine," in like huge blue lettering. <laughs> and that, luckily, like, we found right next to the door. You found a drinking game that we could do. Oh yeah. While so, we were watching it. So you drink every time. James Earl Jones's dad. Oh yeah, you, uh, you drink for short shorts. You drink when Ricky's a good cousin. You drink when you see was it Judy's you, Judy shirt? Yeah, and then you sip every time you see through the eyes of the killer. Yeah, yeah, it was great. That was that was fantastic. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. Um. So uh, and in the same vein, and again, I've only seen this movie once, and it wasn't. I don't think it was like a true recommendation of yours, but we did we did eventually watch it. Was was Vampire's Kiss? Just kind of staying in the bad movie range. Man, that movie is so awesome. It, it, it's, it is just a, a fantastic, another weird 80s movie, but oh my God. It's, well, I'm, I'm glad you bring up Nicolas Cage because I had I have one more thought on Sleepaway Camp. The, oh, yeah. the bee death, did you not hear Nick Cage in your head from the terrible Wicker oh, Man? God. The bees! Bees! Not the bees! <laughs> not the bees. Oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, and Vampire's Kiss is just... It was on Prime for the longest time. It's, I don't believe it is anymore. Um, I ended up just buying a coffee for oh, like it's, four or five bucks or something. But it's so great. I mean, and it's... I, I knew it only for the ABC scene first. But it, it is so much more crazier than that. It is... Oh, God. I, again, I, I don't even know what to say about it. It's so good. It's so His bad. His wailing as he's walking through the I'm street. a vampire! Well, I even like the bit after that where he's dragging <laughs> that bit of wood and he's just ah, uh, he's trying to stake himself with it. It's so that crazy. Is... Oh my god! Oh, I loved it. I told you that that in that there is an acting. I don't know if it's a master class, but there is an acting class of some. There is something to be learned and valued from in Nicolas Cage's performance. You know, he is when Ethan Hawke said he's the bravest actor working today. I kind of can't disagree with that. Yeah, there's I I I, I yearn for a role that that is, is kind of just off enough that I could just go crazy, and I I just haven't I don't get those kind of roles, but I I I I seek out I want to be able to just fucking fly I I want to go full cage, I have not been able to go full cage, and I I'd, I'd like to. <laughs> we trust me, we all want to go full cage. And goddamn Mandy, oh, didn't man. I recommend Mandy as well on an episode? Yeah, but I but I had seen that before. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. Oh god, I love Mandy. Mandy is good. It's yeah. good. Um, I, so I've got a I've got a friend, a little shout out for my friend O'Donnell. He is the biggest Mandy fan there ever was. Yeah, uh, he's got the vinyl soundtrack. He's got you know the that forty four t shirt, a great poster. Um, I don't know how many times he's seen. It. He must have seen it about a half a dozen times now yeah. already since it's come out. He sent me a link to a company that are making his yeah the axe that huge oh god yeah like i don't know it's something like four or five hundred bucks that or something like that, but they're but they're doing this like beautiful fiberglass prop of it it looks great 
I mean, I tried to encourage him to sell off some Amazon stock. Just treat yourself, man. Just what are you going to do? <laughs> what do you get? You need something like that for when, you know, the gnarly psychos and crazy bikers show up at your door, man. That's that's funny. Um, So uh, uh, any uh, any others that you got there? I did watch. Um, We need to talk about Kevin. Yeah. Yeah, that was. Uh, thanks for that. That was. Whew, man, this fucking movie. Is there ever a moment where you're not on the mother's side? Oh, no, no I don't. I don't think so. Like but, Tilda Swinton, like you told me, and I, I, I really took his. I think Tilda Swinton is stunning in this. Uh, yeah, it, like breathtakingly good. And it, and it's, it's again, and that's what I mean. Like his willfulness and just his hatred. Like I, there were no moments where I could even try to begin to sympathize or empathize with with the kid. I just, I couldn't. He just willfully, and there's a moment where you question her judgment, and yes, maybe she shouldn't have said this, or maybe she shouldn't have done that, maybe yes. she shouldn't have broke the the water gun that he uses to destroy her room with. Yeah. Uh, but there's just no moment where my heart doesn't just bleed for her. It's, yeah, I mean, having kids, it's, it's, it's just really, I wouldn't say tough, but just a really interesting movie to watch, and what do you think of John C. Riley in it? I think John C. Riley has a pretty thankless job in that film. I oh, I agree. Of being I, like that, the kind of anchor. I just, I it's 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 so funny. I was telling you before we were recording today that you know, my wife, my wife will sometimes kind of keep me posted on, on the day with the kids and our oldest, not by any crazy means, but you know, she'll talk back and sometimes she'll she'll hit my wife, and not hard. I mean, she won't hit her in the face or anything, but she does because it's a you know little, her little act of defiance. And th- this morning, I saw her kick her for no reason, and I was like, God, that's. And, but did, is, did you have the John C. Riley moment seeing that? Well, no, but 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 <laughs> but but you you see him. There is if you're not if you're at work and 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 you don't get to see it, there is a part of you for a while where you're like, well, it can't be that bad, you know. And then because then it covers, then you see maybe just the sweet side, and you you don't. It's just it's a really interesting relationship, and I, I loved. I, I just like I like him encounter to her. He's just such a big lovable goofball. You know, and, we, and I think that's smart casting because I think we just see him and we go, "Oh, it's it's John C. Riley. I like him." Yeah, no, it's very disarming casting. It was a genius choice. Yeah, on their part. Uh, the the moment that really like unnerved me is obviously he does a school shooting. He does it in a very different way. Yeah, which I was trying to allude and, to, and but. and putting the the seed that she inadvertently plants by reading him Robin Hood. And that's the moment where he's sweetest with her. And then the next morning, he's just back to being a little sick. prick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I thought about that, like, peppering in that moment because of what he does. Yeah. I, that, oh, it just, it it haunts you. It's very, and, it's a haunting film. And the storytelling, I guess, and, you know, because her, her, there's her current track, and then the things are happening in her real life that trigger the, the events before. And I, I just like the way it was told. And I, I do, I... Yeah, I really enjoyed the the disjointed narrative there, and I loved the ending. I, I I love when she basically tries to just ask him why, and he's like, you know, I I at once at one point I thought I knew, and that's all we get. But I, I yeah, I, no, this movie really leaves you wanting something. Yeah, yeah, and it just, it denies you at almost every turn. Anyway, yeah, but it's which I wanted to segue into, unless you had a no, few more things please, to say no, about. Go, no, no, I. It was a it was a non recommend recommend not really up front of any episodes but I've talked to you a little bit while I'm on the Tilda Swinton track about the war zone yeah I didn't know if you wanted to share 
Well, I did. I did watch it, um, and, and we that, talked about it a little bit outside of the podcast. So I didn't a, know a little. As you've mentioned, like Tim Roth's, I think directorial debut on this. Um, yeah, that's a. It's an interesting movie that has a couple of really hard moments to watch, and again, I, I see why you you because you told me multiple times that as a parent, that's got to be a difficult thing to watch, and it is. And and the the I, line where he's like, "Keep him away from the baby," that like. Oh, that destroys me. Yeah. And, and then he just, and he leaves and she's left with that. And it's, it's, it is, it's an extremely tough movie to watch with one multiple, but what for me, one excruciatingly tough scene. My, but, but what, what kills me, and I, I mentioned this to you again outside of the podcast, but the moment where him and the dad, the dad is played by Ray Winston in this film. And I, yeah. I watched Ray Winston talk about it. And he said, you know, why he loves this role so much is that he just wanted to play it. Like you'd be watching this film. Be like, oh, you see something of your own dad. And that would be like, Oh, that could be my dad. Cause he is a very, it's very disarming at first. How, how, what a somewhat loving family unit. They appear to well, be. They, it feels very much like a quote unquote normal family. Yeah. And that's the whole point. Yeah. And he, that's what Ray Winston wanted. He's like, I wanted this. I, I didn't want to play him like the evil father. I mean, he is, he, he's a father that loves his children. Yeah is obviously not in the right way. And on the surface, you look at him and go, oh, he's a great dad. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's tough. I, I, I definitely don't recommend it. Um, and, and it sucks because I hate to just say don't watch this movie because it's not it's not bad. It's not poorly oh, made. The, the acting in it is um, astoundingly good. But it's, it's, it's tough. And, I, and I, I, I do, but I do, I do take some, uh, some, some troubles with just the, the characters, especially the, the son. He's, he's a hard... <laughs> He's. I don't. I don't like him. Well, he, I don't he has, unlike him. He has. He has very little personality, and he has very little to do in the film until the final third of it. And a lot of it too is just. And again, these are hard things to make. This is family, but I also I wondered why anybody waited as long as they did to to, to take action, which is a tough thing to say from the outside. But I I found it very hard to just watch people let this continue on. And 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 him and well, him blame his sister for so much of it was that's tough. Yeah, that's one of those real yeah. moral dilemmas in the film. One of several moral dilemmas I think in the film. But the scene that I wanted to highlight was when it comes to a head between Ray Winston and and the son, and yes. she is literally caught in the middle. And when she is there at that kitchen table, and the way that she is shaking and yeah. sobbing, that is. That's like transcendental acting for me. And I, I, I would hope that you would have seen something of that in it, maybe appreciate it, find other things about it to appreciate that oh. I, as a non-actor, wouldn't no, no, no. appreciate. And, and, and it's, it's. But I, there's that doesn't feel like acting to me. That is genuine, genuine fear. That's it, it's having a a trusting set, and I wonder what Tim Roth. I, I do think. It's it's tough because I also I, I you know you know me I'm I'm more of a story guy I'm 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 more of um, substance versus style when it comes to movies and I do think that actors can make very good directors because of the connection they can have there's a certain there's a there's a shared dialogue there's a there's a shared language that you can that you can help feed especially young actors and and get them to feel comfortable and and, and make the sit the 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 set a safe space to work at and. What that scene tells me, what her acting in that scene in particular tells me is that Tim Roth was probably a great person to talk to and that her and Ray Winstone and Tim Roth and, and, and I, don't, I don't know his name, but the, the guy who plays the son 
all probably had a really like deep, long, good chat about what this scene was going to be. And, uh, and, and the results are on the screen. Well, Ray Winston, I've watched a lot of the, the making of this film, and Ray, another thing that Ray Winston talked about is that how both him and Tim Roth, they came up right around the same time as yeah, actors, late, late 70s, early 80s, and they, they are, you know, they, they have worked together before and have had a, a, a good relationship, but they were talking about just how good the two kids are and that they were just, they were, oh, they were jealous of the kids. That, that shit, we've been trying to get to these places for 20 years, yeah. and this is either their first or their second film. And they're just, they're nailing it. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I had one more of yours. And, so, I, and I have one more of yours. But but mine's kind of a cheat. So you had talked about Dragged Across Concrete, which I couldn't find without trying to pay for it. And I didn't do that. Well, and it's all, it's still too new as yeah. well. As However, Cell Block or uh, Brawl on Cell Block 99 is on Prime. And I watched that fucking thing. And it's. It's spectacular. I had a hell of a time watching that. I'm movie. telling you, Craig S. Zaylor, man, he is just yeah, yeah. He, he's and, a, and he's got it. He's whatever got a style, whatever it is, he's got it, yeah. man. And and um, I, I think we talked. I, well, and I haven't seen Dragged Across Concrete, but easily my favorite Vince Vaughn performance. I loved him in this. Uh, movie. Vince Vaughn ha- definitely has less to do in Dragged sure. Across Concrete. I just thought he was, and I and again, I also love that a lot of this is it's about. Well, I guess we didn't talk about it too much on the pod, and I, I don't. I, I, we have so much to talk about that I don't want to go off on a huge tangent. But a lot of what he's doing in the movie is to protect his wife and his unborn child, and I like it's a simple motivation. It's all you need, and he he puts himself through shitty situation and shitty situation. And is just a fucking badass. I mean, this is kind of like a man's man movie. Uh, I don't give a shit. I I, I love it. I mean, I don't so, I don't want to speak I, for Liz, but Liz watched it with me, and I think there were things that she found to appreciate oh, no, in no, it. I just mean it's so testosterone driven. Oh, yeah. It's heavy on the violence. Well, all three of his films have yes. been. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's that's all I mean. Yeah. I don't, I don't mean like women won't like it. I just mean it's got such a like fuck you and. Like, I oh, mean, it's it's how many mean. how many it's arms mean. and legs and skulls does does Vince Vaughn crush? I mean, he's just he is a beast in this movie. I've used the phrase "brick shit house" to describe three people in my life, and I've two of them know who they are. And I never would have thought of Vince Vaughn in that way until I saw this movie. And Vince Vaughn is a brick shit house in this movie. He <laughs> fucking annihilates anything that gets in his way, even even a vehicle, even a fucking he's the like, way he rips the hood off of that fucking car. Oh my god, it is, yeah, it's. And, and then they like punch through the windows as well and shit like that yeah. at one point. Oh like, yeah. It's I'm like and that's how the fucking movie starts. It's yeah, it starts it starts high and just keeps going. Yeah. Yeah. Like it it gives you no reprieves. It's yeah. fantastic. It's like so I good. I am in love with his stuff. Like yeah, I me cannot too. wait. He's that guy that's being he's gonna be one of these directors that drives me into the cinema kind of thing. Like He'll, I, yeah, I gotta I, be I, I wanna see him because and I and and I all and I don't. I mean, I'm sure these went to theaters, but probably in New York and LA, like these weren't big. I I, I mean, Dragged Across Concrete, I think, got a really small release. I, it was well, in sure. at least one cinema out here in Seattle. But I want to see him, like, I I don't know, man. Give him some, like, I don't know, like kind of Rambo esque movie, right? That's got like a like a pretty like and like not that Vince Vaughn and Mel Gibson aren't big actors, but like, but a bunch of big actors now. And, and like a, like a story that like is interesting, and because I I he deserves I think well, some well more. I think he's got I think he's got the potential to be our Sam Peckinpah. 
You oh, think yeah. about movies like the, the Wild Bunch or Straw Dogs. Yeah, Straw Dogs. I see a lot. Of, bring yeah. bring yeah. me the head of Alfredo Garcia as well. Yeah, yeah. That one. So that was, I mean, of of the movie, and I'm sure I've seen other movies that you've you've recommended, but those three were the ones that I felt like I needed to bring up. Yeah. And the last one is I just got to talk a little bit more about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I had that actually for ones that I yeah yeah I man I it cracks my Tarantino top five. Oh, that's right because because you hadn't time. seen it when we that's when we okay. did it. That's yes. right. And now that it's sat a little longer, do you know where it sits in your in your Quentin rankings? So I've listened. Almost ex- almost exclusively to podcasts and things regarding this movie for like the last four or five days. And I've heard a lot of people shit on it. And I've heard oh, a lot. This, this Bruce Lee thing it just seems like it's never going to fucking end. But I've also heard a lot of people like really praise it. And what's so interesting is the people, the people I've heard who shit on it. I, and I've heard, I've heard all the things about Bruce Lee. And the only thing I'm going to say about this is this is Cliff, Cliff's, Cliff Booth's recollection of something that that might have happened right how much you think this is real is up to you i think this is like a, a fantasized version of what really happened but that's just yeah, because we all remember shit the way we want to remember exactly it. exactly that's, that's and it's the a great fictionalized version of yeah. bruce lee in the same way that people talking about his violence against women in this film against the manson girls i'm like do you know who the fuck the manson girls were and what they did fuck yeah. them yeah these are fictionalized. Ver- Did anybody get up in arms when he shot? Well, when he literally shoots Hitler's face off, he shoots him in the face so many times that he has no fucking face. Yeah, I know, I know. Nobody bitched about that. Oh, but, but because he slams a girl's face into a brick, which I fucking loved. Oh, it's crazy when he sla- when he slams her face into the brick fireplace. Like fuck her. Like the real Manson girl killed Sharon Tate, who was eight and a half months pregnant. Yeah. So you no. can all shut the fuck yeah, up. No, yeah. No, I I'm to- I totally agree with you. And the other thing I was to say about Bruce Lee is we do get a very 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 short scene with him and Sharon Tate kind of practicing, and in that scene he looks like a great guy. It's it's not it's not long. It is very short. But I I think we're focusing on the wrong thing. I, I think. Oh well, and that's and, you could say that about every Tarantino well, movie. Sure, People but, always focus on the wrong. I, but things. I think. In this for for this movie, the people who didn't like it, it's because it's it's the most personal. In a way, it's the sweetest next to like Jackie Brown. It's, oh, it's a absolutely! Very, it's a very sweet movie, and I think the people who didn't like this movie are the people who wanted more, what I would call true Tarantino. Yeah, because it's because not the, a true Tarantino the, until the about the last is thirty minutes. Not as snappy and witty. It's not as quippy and fun, and it's it's long. Uh, this, uh, it's either this or Django are his long. One of those two are his longest movies, and when not a whole lot happens in terms of like big action things, sure I could see that. But, but I think it's when you and I, I listened to a podcast really break down this movie and things that I didn't, I wouldn't have known because I didn't know that much about this time so much. But how much this really is a love story of Los Angeles. And then the more that I kept listening to people talk about it that appreciated it, it my my it, it my um appreciation for the movie really increased. So much so that it it probably it sits in my top half for sure. Um it well, do- I'll just tell you it's my number 4. It doesn't I was gonna say it doesn't do, yeah, it, it, honestly it's 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 3 or 4. And again and again I I I stand by my Jackie Brown deserves a rewatch. So I can I can really solidify it because I the other ones I've seen more recently and I know, but the more that I think about this movie, a I love it more and b it makes me want to think about it more, which is a testament to I, I think a, a great movie. It's something that really keeps your your attention. Um, 
So yeah. So if you're just curious, my my top five. Okay. Starting at number one, we go bastards, Reservoir Dogs. Oh, you fucking suck already. Pulp Fiction. You can eat me. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Jackie Brown at number five. My my Tarantino list, I, I fully embrace that my Tarantino list is a super controversial one in the same way that my Coen Brothers one is, because my Coen Brothers top five does not include Fargo. Well, man, I just, I fucking, fuck you. Counterculture, man. Whatever. All about it. How are the Pixies? You know, I yeah, right? I I, uh, I like I like Ricky Roma in uh, Glengarry Glen Ross. When everybody says, do one thing, I say, vote the other way. <laughs> whatever okay so uh so yeah those are that's kind of just a a a nice you know we we do we really try to see what each other recommends because we don't we obviously know when we when we pick a movie we're going to talk about on the podcast we know what we're going to talk about but when we when it comes to our recommends we don't discuss those we happened like when first reformed came about we happened to pick that when we were talking about um uh, that was Seven Seal. Seven Seal. Yeah, but we don't we don't do that, you know. And like last week when we were talking about uh, all the short films, I really did want to watch Hugo. I really had that impulse. I just didn't have the time. But we don't. The the recommends are things because we do. We just our film school is us. We 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 have the book and we watch movies and we we love them. We've loved them forever. So our recommends are just things that we just we, pick up along the way. Yeah, and if they're and if they're shit, you won't hear us talk about them. So. Unless they're so shitty that they're great, in which case we're talking about sleepaway camp, or crank, or vampire's kiss. <laughs> so as we move along in this episode, um, I-, I wanted to take a second and just uh, just sort of put out, you know, if if for some chance, you know, this is the first one you're listening to, or if you you've only listened to the last few. Um, some of our favorite episodes and, and this is totally, again, we haven't talked about this. We don't know. I don't know which ones he's going to say are his favorites or what he doesn't know what I'm going to say, but now this is, this is related to the episodes themselves. As far as we either feel sentimental about them or they're, we feel like they're very quality episodes. It doesn't necessarily reflect, oh, these are the best films. This is the episodes themselves. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, because I will say that one of my favorite, uh, is Top Gun. And while I'm not the biggest fan of that movie, we had a fucking hell of a time. I'm really proud of that episode. When people ask me, you know, when I do talk about the podcast and people ask me about the good episodes, Top Gun comes to mind immediately. Well, and it's one, two, and, and you know, there are, there are, especially for the, I would say, the more common movie viewer. Like, as proud as I am of, and another one on my list is Stalker. But as, as much as I love that episode, that is, that is a roughly obscure three-hour Russian 70s film. People aren't just going to jump off of their couches to go watch that movie. But we done, we have done some definite crowd pleasers, some box office hits. And and I agree. Top Gun is one of those ones where if someone says, hey, where should I start? I go, well, if you want to get used to us and our kind of humor and our back and forth and you want a movie that you've probably seen, Top Gun is one that I, I easily go to. What about you? Uh, so did you rank your your favorite episodes? Because I have a list of five, and they're kind of they're they're not ranked. I didn't rank them. No. Yeah. I just I just I just went with I went with Top Gun because it's to 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 solidify the point you made about these aren't necessarily we don't love these movies because I don't love Top Gun, but I really enjoyed our episode. Yeah. On it. So Top Gun is on my list of of the good episodes as yeah. well. Uh, another one I definitely have is Seventh Seal. Yeah. Which is my, kind that's of that's kind of the 
I feel is like the the ying to the Top Gun yang or or vice versa is that that's a much more serious episode. Yeah. It's a little more philosophical and I think we we hit a lot of good points and I brought a lot of my religious background to it as well. So it's a bit of a it's definitely a personal episode for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. Yeah. And discovered a lot of things that I'd kind of glossed over the first time that I saw a seventh seal and we got to really dig deep on that one and dealing with some of the, the not so niceties of some of the characters, including the squire who is supposed to be our window into this movie, but is in fact a total prick. Yeah. He's not a nice guy. No, at all. (laughs) And believe it or not, this, this might shock you, but another one of the episodes I I'm actually really proud of is elephant. I, I, yeah, I can see that. I, as I, as I was Edit, listening to it as, as I was editing the podcast, like you are allowed to, to not like a movie, but I think to just not like it and not have a clear reason as to, as to why is a shitty thing. And, and as I was listening to us talk about it, we didn't like it. We found a lot of reasons to not like it, but as they kept going, we kept referencing why. And, and I, I just, part of me, like I, I, even though we were talking about shitty things and even though this, as we, we put, we put that little, um, message beforehand that yes this this came out pretty much right right after the, yeah, the we, events that of Dayton. Was some, some bad timing there yeah on but, our part but in a way it's like you it you know there was a recent i think it was time did a cover and it was like basically just listed all of the cities of mass shootings lately and it's it's just it just shows you how pervasive this is and and i personally am glad we didn't postpone it because it is something that we're dealing with and I, I like where we went to in that episode. And even though we were talking about the film, we are people <laughs> and we have opinions. And well, no, you can't ignore what the film is, is what it's trying to say, yeah. what it, what the statement that it wants to make, or even the lack of statement rather that Elephant was trying to make. Yeah. You can't look at it outside of the, the context. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you could with maybe some other films. Yeah. Some, so, some less... I, I, I don't know what the adjective is there I want to use, but some sort of less uh, controversial sort yeah. of subject matter anyway. I'm really I'm really proud of that one for, from a, just from my standpoint. I really I'm still I'm still surprised to hear it on the list. I understand why and it totally makes sense to yeah. me, but yeah, I, I thought you might be surprised about that. <laughs> Another one that makes my list, which I think you'll like is our, of our favorite episodes is matter of life and death. Again, just oh, yeah. because of how personal that one is for me. That yeah, that's true. And I, I loved how you you kept using the word charmed. Yeah. how charmed you were by it. No, I was no, no. To be fair, I was charmed with being there. I you was were smitten. smitten. That's yeah. I was very, very smitten with the go. matter of life and death. Yes, that was a fun one too. Um, hold on. So I said. So I, I mentioned Stalker. Uh, I because I had five as well. I had Stalker, Seventh Seal, Top Gun, Elephant. Okay, and I think I think the reason I like this one is because it was it was a gush fest for me. It was really new to me. And it was one of those ones where we don't try to, we don't always try to go like beat by beat through the movie, but we ended up doing it, and I enjoyed it. Was uh, North by Northwest? There's another one. Oh yeah, that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. the The other two that I would call out are are Alien and Halloween. I, I think I think we had a lot of fun with the the Halloween episode. We did, we did. That was that that's that's on like a Top Gun level of fun that we had because that's one where I actually really do enjoy it. It's fun too, because and, and it's funny too because Melissa and I just watched. Uh, of the original Halloween two and Halloween three. And then we watched the new, uh, Danny McBride, um, David Gordon green version that they, they did. But, 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 um, but the Halloween episode was great because just some of the, some of the things where it's just like, you know, like she keeps dropping the fucking knife and 
just get out of the house and just just little things like that the fun horror tropes that it's fun to to and it's still a well-made movie and, and i love that john carpenter score to pieces but yeah that's a good one too well and the fact that they got john carpenter to come back for the new that just adds a level of oh, yeah. of um legitimacy to the the that hard reboot that yeah. they did or rebooting rather the the rest of the sequels and just doing a direct sequel to the first one which i think is absolutely the right idea well no is it a direct sequel to the first one i thought it was a direct sequel to the second halloween no because the second halloween um deals with the revelation that laurie is his uh, sister and of course they address that in the david gordon green one they were like oh i heard a remember the three kids are oh, walking down the street yes, yes, i yes. heard a rumor that that's his sister and she's like no nah, nah, it's just bullshit okay yeah well, it wasn't see, but uh, yeah, it's funny because I wasn't sure if that was just her trying to brush it off. Oh no, that's just bullshit. But, I, mean, I guess if you really wanted to, you could still kind of call the second one canon. But I think their intention was to hard sure, sure. cut everything off. Yeah, cool, awesome. Yeah, so, that's that's enough of self-referential. Yeah, you know. So now, now this is the part that Ian really doesn't know about, and this isn't a huge deal. But I, I did a little. Uh, um, Research, I guess, not research, but I kind of went through the episodes, and I'm just curious. So, one thing that we, uh, I think, I would say we're infamous for on this show is stating, "Hey, Ian, has this film been inducted into the National Film Registry?" So, we have done 52 films in in 49 episodes. If you, if you, you know, 52 movies we talked about in the first 49. And how many of those 52 films have been inducted into the National Film Registry? At least 25. You're real close. You want to give me a hard number? 23 or I went the wrong way didn't 28 I? oh I figured I went the wrong way and just and just real quickly I'm just gonna read them off um Badlands Boys in the Hood actually and I'm pretty sure I'm reading these off in the way that we've recorded the episode yeah, it sounds like you are so far so Badlands Boys in the Hood Halloween The General Sherlock Jr. Back to the Future West Side Story It's a Wonderful Life The Grapes of Wrath Dr. Strangelove E.T. Titanic The Deer Hunter Duck Soup the fucking quiet man. North by Northwest, The Matrix, Easy Rider, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Alien, The Thin Blue Line, Vertigo, The Manchurian Candidate, Top Gun, Being There, The Maltese Falcon, The Wizard of Oz, and The Great Train Robbery. So there you go. All yeah. films that we will never not have. Exactly. Those are not going anywhere, even though one of them should be buried deep in the ground. Um. And one thing we also talk about on the show is if a movie has a perfect 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Ian. Man, you really dug deep. How many of the 52 films that we've talked about have a perfect 100%? Now, I've got to include the three from last week, right? Yes, you do. 13. 10. Ah, goddamn. Just 10. Um, and and there's only a, a little crossover. And you'll hear why. Because a lot of the movies on the, on the Rotten Tomatoes are foreign films and couldn't be on the National Film Registry. So uh, in order of recording, Stalker, The Grapes of Wrath, which of course is in the National Film Registry, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, The Wages of Fear, The Thin Blue Line, The Maltese Falcon, The 400 Blows, The Great Train Robbery, A Trip to the Moon, and Unchian Andalou. So yeah, those three, the three shorts from last week all uh, kind of added to the list. So there you have it. Those are the little, little quiz section there and a little recap of the things that we always we always bring up. Um, so now we, we're doing uh, – we, we did a separate list here of, of favorite films that – would you call it first-time discoveries? Yeah, like discoveries okay. is what I called my list anyway. Okay. And how many do you have here? I had cheated. I made a top five, but then there was one that I just couldn't leave off. So I actually have a six. That's so funny. I have six too. Yeah. I have six too. Now, now are yours ranked? 
Uh, they are ranked. Uh, so are mine. Okay. But here's my question. Are any of these in your top ten? Ooh, hang on. Let me cross-reference here. Uh, two of them are, yeah. Okay, so then don't say those. Because I have one that's in my top ten that is also a fir- like the first time I watched it, but I, I, wanted, I wanted to save it for that. So, so the two of the ones that also make my top ten are actually one and two on my discovery list. So I can give you, I'll give you the top four then. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then let me. So and so so that we so that we've said it. Movies on this list now are not on our top ten. I think Ian. Okay. So so let me. Let, so I I do have six. Should I or should I just should I just do my one through four? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That's okay. up to you. Okay. I'll do that's, four. That's fine. Uh. So my number four. In terms of uh, best, you know, first movie, first time viewing, uh, is Victoria. Oh, that's so funny. See, that would have been my number six, the one that I couldn't leave off. Ah, uh, so that, so that's your four now. Yes. Ah, yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, yeah you know, I, and, and most of these movies on my, on this list are foreign films, and you know, I, I I know when we originally talked about the movie, I got hung up on the basically the decision point where she decides, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with you because it felt rushed. But man, I gotta say that movie. It is so in the moment, real time, just like hard, harsh decisions being made. And as it gets, as it progresses along, it just, it just sucks you in. And it's, it's a slow. No, it's, it's, it's stayed with me. And in fact that, I mean, all, all four of these have very much stayed with me. Victoria is just, I really, man, I want that criteria I know, so bad. I know. I want it so bad with all three versions on it. Well, and, and I, you if, know. If the other two versions, they even bothered to, to keep. I don't I know why they, they wouldn't did, have. man. I, they just, so Criterion just announced some of their next ones. And, and Cold War, that new uh, Pavel Pavlikovsky movie is up there. And I haven't seen it. And he seems to be uh, uh, cranking out movies that are being um, kind of lauded left and right. And I, when I saw that, I thought, it's so recent. Just do Victoria. Come on, man. Give, Just do it. Because it does feel hard for Criterion to, to introduce a new director. They seem to want to kind of keep going from within the filmography of directors they've already done. But I like seeing when they do pick a new one, and I just feel like... Oh, yeah, when the Coen brothers finally broke in there. was it, And that was Lewin Davis? Lewin Davis okay, was first, was and then one. I think Blood Simple came next. Oh, it might have been Blood Simple. I don't know. But yeah, but just... Anyways, yeah. that we're nerding out about Criterion, yeah, but uh, right. but yeah, I, I re- well, and while we're on the Coen Brothers, I also need that Miller's Crossing Criterion. That film desperately needs a restoration. I told you I finally watched that, or did I tell you that? Oh no, I finally watched it. Yeah, it's I, it's good. It, it it's not my top five. Oh, no, I I wouldn't assumed it would have been. Yeah, but I'm a little bit biased because I'm obsessed with that period in history and and gangsters and prohibition yeah oh, I, I, love, I I eat that shit up. I, and Tortura was great in that Tertura, movie. Yeah, I'm I'm praying to you. That scene, holy yeah. fuck, man! That's one of those scenes that, as an actor, like you've like, yeah, you you want that, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and also the they're hinting at the relationship between Buscemi and Totoro, and even the Dane as well, possibly. Yeah, because he you know he's the Dane's boy. Fuck Albert Finney is fucking. Oh good yeah, he's it. great in that too. God damn, he's good. The yeah. scene where like he like runs them out of the house with oh, the yeah. Tommy gun, yep. and, like, and the clip that just never ends. Like, I know those Tommy guns held a shitload of rounds, but my God, he is, like, firing for 60 seconds straight. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's a totally a badass moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we, we had the same four, technically. Yeah. Okay, so what's your, what's your three? Le Samurai. That is my two. Oh, great. 
Um, yeah, man. I... Another one that just stay with like the, and not so much because of the story, because the story is is wafer thin. Yeah, but the style, man, the oh, style I... is gorgeous. So really, just to jump Such ahead a, a little, great bit. film to look at. So I I made a top ten because we're in case you didn't gather this, the end of this is going to be us doing our top ten of the films we've talked about. I made a list three times without referencing the other list and let time pass and didn't look at it. And I basically, I basically did a, a math. Like I did the math and averaged it out. And that's how I came out with my list. It felt the, the most La Samurai was number 10 on one of the lists. It was very close to making this list. I, I really love this. Movie. I, I have one of those like that, which I was super loath to leave off and that we can get to as a sort of honorable mention yeah, thing. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's the style is awesome, man. And, um, uh, 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 Alan, D- D- Dellen, I couldn't. I couldn't say his name when we recorded it either. Oh, but yeah, yeah. The driver. Yeah. Oh, oh my god. He. I. The, the style. It's so cool. And actually, you know, the the plot is pretty thin, but I love how it's told. I love the police lineup. I love. It just. Yeah, that's the sort of procedural yeah. nature of it. It's in no rush to tell. It's a, yeah. not a very long. No, film, it's not at all. But it's even even within that hour and forty some odd minutes, it's really not in a rush. It's taking its time, drawing things out, really pulling you deep into this world. And, and into this guy's life. Yeah. 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 I, I was very, that, that was, that was, a, and that's, and that's one, it's one that Melissa didn't watch with me. And as I guess I think about these movies, there's, a, there's probably four or five that she didn't. And I'm like, oh man, I, a reason to watch it again, just so that she could see it. Uh, yeah. Well, it's, very, it must be on your criterion to buy list. I, I bu- that was when oh, I bought did. blind before oh, the recording. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I'm glad I did. I'm glad I did. Uh, so that was your three, my two. So my three is Stalker. It doesn't make my top 10. All right. Um, and, and and the biggest reason for that, and it is, it, it made my, I mean, it, this is like, this is kind of like the honorable mentions category in a way. And the only reason it doesn't crack into my 10 is because so many of the ones in my 10 are like my favorite movies. And. Oh no, we've done some big oh, yeah. iconic stuff. And I think the thing about Stalker, and we were talking about this earlier about a movie, like, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, like this movie makes you think. And it, and it and it's it's very engaging and it's very it's um again I I I I think about that the the cut to color man it's just such a great it's it it's jolting but you're in a new world and it's and that's another one just like the samurai I watched without Melissa and I'm I want to watch it again I really do and enough times passed where it's like I I I don't remember enough that I I it would be it would feel fresh you know and it it's just such a dense movie in a good way. It's a dense movie. And I won't, I won't say much more because I, I know it's in your top 10. So no, I was going to say wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We'll, we'll come back to it. That's in a all minute. I'll say for now. Um, so what is your two? My two is being there. Is being there. Your number one. No. Oh, it doesn't make your list at all. Not this list. Oh, okay. Here we go. Yeah, no being there. So you could say a few things. And yeah, we'll save it. Yeah. It, real again, just as we mentioned, so charming. Peter, Peter Sellers gives, a career defining and a, and a kind of defiant performance in the face of the rest of his career. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. unlike anything else he'd done. And again, the moment, the moment with the, thus spoke, uh, Zathura, the, the, uh, the jazzy version, the, the jazzy version, yeah, like that <laughs> funk <laughs> infusion. <laughs> Actually, it came up again. Cause Liz is really interested in seeing McConaughey's new one, the beach bum. It's on Hulu now. Yeah. Yeah, that's so. I showed her the trailer, and they use that in the trailer. Oh, and do I just, they? Yeah, that's funny. And it just made me happy all over again because I'm not thinking about it in that context. I'm yeah. thinking about it in the moment where Peter Sellers steps out of the house for the first time. Yeah, 
Um, so I'm gonna do my one because I I I know it's it's connection to you, and I think I think it, I would guess it would crack your top ten. I don't know, and I this was the this was a hard one to leave off. Um, is a matter of life and death. It's oh wait, it couldn't be your first time discovery because that's not your first time seeing it. Exactly. So never mind. Um, so yeah, this one, dude. I, this was also on on. It was this was number ten on one of my one of my ballots, uh, if you will, and it just. I'd like, how good is David Niven? Oh, he's in, great like, in every it. moment he's in in that thing. He he's he's charming without being smug. No, I um, I fall in love with him. Smooth. Again, it's the moment where he catches like where you, she meets you him. Love that yeah. where she meets him on the beach and she goes to draw and he catches the bike without breaking. I I was like, oh, yeah. you sexy, and you sexy so and so. And what's great? So so stalker the samurai didn't watch with Melissa. Didn't watch this one, but was so smitten with this movie that like. Uh, like a month later, we we I watched it again. What did she think of it? Oh, she she enjoyed it. Yeah. She very much enjoyed it. Yeah, it, it was a good watch. Yeah, and it's just it's it's and it is to, that's such a great uh, that's that's a great watch with your partner movie. I, I it just it's so romantic and you know what would you what would you do for your true love and it's just it's great. It's charming in all the right ways. I know the the trial especially. And I the, love and it and the bickering back and forth. The American. You know, and and UK sort of conflict there, yeah. or that playful conflict we have. You know that they, they say the United States and the United Kingdom are two countries separated by the Atlantic Ocean, and that's true. That's not the phrase. It's they're separated by a common language. Yeah, but yeah, I love the, them tapping into that and the different when they pull out the radios. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, I love it. Yeah, uh, that's perfect. Oh yeah, it, yeah. Again, yeah, it's just so good. I, it's just great. And another, um, I didn't watch the Criterion first, but then I bought it, and then we watched. That's what we watched together, and guys, just so good. The feature great. on Jack Cardiff on there is fantastic. Oh, see, and we, I, we watched. I see. I had the Criterion after we recorded, so I haven't. I haven't watched any of the special features. Yeah, you I, should go back. And there's yeah. a great interview with uh, Thelma Shoemaker as well. That's, yeah, because she was uh, married to Powell. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, and of course she's uh, Scorsese's longtime editor, which I forgot to mention in last week's episode when I was talking about. Who's that knocking at my door? She edited his first film, so oh. that that their career together goes wow, all yeah. all the way back. Wow, that's nice. Yeah. All right. So, what's your number one new first discovery? Four hundred blows. Okay, that because I shortened my list. That was that was five. It, well, and yeah, and it would have been number three. Yeah. Oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah. It, it, even though it's not on my our official list, it. I yeah. It's good. Yeah. Again, and I I just can't I can't wait to fall in love even more with Truffaut as I think I said on the episode he's my new director crush yeah yeah uh, I it's, it just you're hooked from the opening from the the moments of the Eiffel Tower appearing and disappearing behind the buildings and that as I mentioned again in the podcast again it's so fresh in my mind because it's very recent episodes yeah, the, yes. the melancholy in the score which is also uplifting I mean the score does a hell of a lot of work in that film yeah well and 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 you know, it's you know, as a director, you can you can make a great first feature, but maybe not have mastered all of because obviously making a film has so many different components, and the music is a huge part of it. And you can be you can be somebody like a like a Tarantino or Scorsese who who are really good at picking music, but it's hard to score it and to find you know music that's really going to help support your film. And this did a good job of. Of not being like emotionally manipulative, like this isn't a John Williams score, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but that his John, scores are really meant to make you feel a certain yeah. way. Yeah, they and, do. They do a lot of the emotional work for you, yeah. which pisses me off about them. Yeah, that's fair. And and but this is 
it just got it's like a gentle guide man it's just kind of there when it comes up and it's it really does just it's it's one of those things where it's so good that you you can almost ignore it like it's not overpowering anything which is which i really enjoy would you like a would you like a john williams hot take while we've mentioned him my favorite john williams score and what i think is his best and what oliver stone thinks is his best is his score for jfk oh interesting that is hands down that that and that bit of piano that he does the, yeah. the theme uh-huh. i think that's the best thing he's ever written i mean that's tough and i don't know i don't know enough about music to, to i mean to figure out that maybe it's like it's his best like it's 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 his most well written or conducted or composed i'm not sure but like the thing about like if you think about jaws well i don't about- i don't have that background either but as far as the the score that I think is most suited to the film and the one that elicits the best emotional response out of me I is kind of how I grade that. I get that he's done really iconic things and that's, that's great. I mean, you can hear, you can hear star Wars and you can hear Raiders. And, and, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you, and it's great. And that's, and I don't take anything away from that. He's made some iconic memorable scores, but I do like the interesting ones. I do like the ones where it, it's, it's mostly in support of because a John Williams score is like an event in and of itself. You know, it's a like, becomes half of the movie in a way, you know, but that, again, I'm not ragging on him. It's just a thing. Cool. So yeah, those are some of our favorite movies that we've, we've only watched for the first time. Hey, Adam here. Sorry to interrupt, but I have to say that this episode goes on for another hour. And so we're going to cut it off right here and come back next week and give you the conclusion of our recap, which will include the worst five films we've discussed so far and our top 10. It gets to a really fun conversation, so we hope you come back. Um, as we mention all the time, you can find us on Facebook and on Twitter at 1001 by one You can support the show at patreon.com slash 1001 by one And you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, all those great places. Please like, subscribe, comment, all those great things. And until next time, I am Adam, and he is Ian, and we will see you next week.